Thanks for tuning in. This is Giving and Gabbing, the podcast all about nonprofit fundraising success, brought to you by GiveGab, the nonprofit giving platform. So today we are joined by Carol Ferguson, who is the Director of Donor Relations and Programs at Orange County Community Foundation in Orange County, California. Um, Carol, would you like to introduce yourself, share what your role is at the Community Foundation and how long you've been with them? Sure, great to be with you today. My name is Carol Ferguson. I'm the, as uh, Karen said, I'm the Director of Donor Relations and Programs at the Orange County Community Foundation. I've been with the foundation almost 10 years. Hard to believe. Um, I love what I do. Um, in my role, I work with a portfolio of donors to help them steward their philanthropy. And I also manage several of our initiatives, including our Giving Day initiatives. Um, so here today to talk about the model that we use, which is a collaborative Giving Day model. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with Carol on her Giving Days. And um, like she said, one reason we really wanted to have her on the podcast with us today is to share their unique strategy around giving days because they do have cause-based giving days throughout the year as collaborative giving days rather than just one universal giving day. And we've seen all of the success they've had with this. I think it's a really interesting idea and we'd love to share it with the other leaders out there so they can take it into consideration too. Um, so could you tell us a bit about the Collaborative Giving Days for those folks out there that aren't familiar with it um, and how that kind of works on your end? Sure. So um, do you want me to give you a little bit of background on how we, how we got to the Collaborative Giving Days or just go right into what they are? Um, background would be great. Okay. All right. So um, in... 2015, in honor of our 25th anniversary, we hosted our first countywide giving day, which was called iHeartOC. And we challenged our uh, Orange County residents to give where their heart lives. Um, and we raised about $1.8 million with 300, almost 350 nonprofits. Um, it was a 30-hour campaign. And then in 2016, we had incredible growth. We raised over $3.2 million with about 420 nonprofits. Um, but as we started to like analyze the resources that were put into these community-wide giving days, we decided to take a look at restructuring it to a collaborative model um, in order to accomplish several goals. One was to provide an, an expanded opportunity for nonprofits to connect with one another in support of a shared mission. Um, the second was, was to really help nonprofits to help themselves. So we wanted to provide nonprofits with training and tools to become more competent with online fundraising because this is just the way of the future and a lot of nonprofits, as you know, are just not comfortable with online fundraising. It's a skill that they need for the future. Um, and we really wanted to work with more engaged nonprofits. So we found that many nonprofits that participated in our countywide giving days, um, they didn't give it much effort. They needed a lot of handholding. They didn't have great success because they didn't use the tools. And so we felt like with this collaborative model where you had a smaller group of nonprofits that were gathering around a cause, the people that, the nonprofits that were gonna join that collaborative giving day were gonna be more engaged. So that was another goal. And then the last goal, which has worked out really well, and maybe later I can share a little bit about um, 
about this, but is we wanted to increase our return on investment, both in terms of the money that we were spending to host um, a giving day. When you think about um, raising money for a pool, raising money for prizes and what, what that cost the foundation and the outreach we needed to do, as well as our time resources. So when we had our community-wide giving days that really had a pool on all of our resources. It was very heavy, especially with our finance department, because at the time we were doing giving days, we didn't have a tool like GiveGab that could pay out directly to the nonprofits. The money was all coming into us and we were having to figure out the fees and the prizes and all that kind of stuff. So it was really, really heavy on, um, on our, our community foundation. And we wanted to take a look at, you know, is this really our core mission or could we support nonprofits in a different way that will help them to be more self-sufficient? So that's kind of the background of what we did. And um, we, we typically host eight to 10 collaborative giving days per year. They are, um, we're in our third year of this and they are focused around causes. So we have everything from, um, healthy teen relationships to the environment, to homelessness, to veterans and military. Um, and each has its own unique brand um, and imaging and things like that, which I can get into a little bit later. But that's a little bit about the background of where we came from and why we made the switch. Awesome, thanks so much, Carol. I think, uh, so it sounds like the original concept of the giving day that you started with was more universal. Is that right? It was called I Heart was, Orange County. It was did I get it right? Yeah. So it was called I Heart OC, okay. and it was yeah, and it was a community wide giving day, like most of the giving days that you guys are involved with. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It just was. It was a big lift um, for us, and we have other, you know, within our mission you know we're here to help our donors fulfill their philanthropic goals um but we also look to strengthen our local you know nonprofit community and we look to find solutions for um community issues that we have in orange county so we have a a lot of things that we're doing and so we we're just trying to figure out a better way to do giving days that wouldn't be as big of a pull on our internal resources yeah absolutely it sounds like that's been working out really well in the last couple of years and we are interested also in how your team sort of determines which collaborative giving days are going to take place and how you determine or how it's determined which organizations will participate in each one yeah great so um each collaborative giving day has a lead nonprofit and a steering committee so there's usually three people on that committee um, and their role is to really kind of manage that nonprofit communication and, and everything that it takes to let the nonprofits know what's involved with the giving day. So they do the original outreach um, to identify potential nonprofits that could participate in their giving day. Um, they set the expectations with those nonprofits. They gain a commitment of effort from those nonprofits. And then what they do is they provide us with an LOI. So we have an LOI that they fill out. So we get a feel for, you know, what kind of goal are they going after? Do they have matches? What are their ideas for marketing? Um, and then based on what we get back, a lot of times there might be some conversation back and forth. We would make a decision whether or not we want to fund that giving day 
Um, and what that means for us is we fund uh, the platform development with GiveGab, so the cost to do that, as well as we have a wonderful marketing partner, Reveille, that creates the brand and all the digital assets, and we fund that uh, as well for the giving days. Another thing that we funded that has been helpful in, um, in helping nonprofits understand social media and how to, how to do it well is we provide uh, $250 social media grants to each participating nonprofit so that they can buy ads or boost, boost, their, um, boost their posts because some of these are small nonprofits that don't have a marketing team. So we wanna give them everything they, they need. Um, so based on that, we would make a decision on funding a giving day and, and then start planning for it. Um, right now we're more in the, uh, we had one new giving day this year, but most of them are repeats. Um, so then eight to 10 seems to be working out for us. Gotcha. That's super, uh, that's really interesting. And it sounds like since you have a steering committee and have a lead that are from these nonprofits, it's been increasing engagement um, on their end and they're putting forth a lot more effort and energy. Is that correct? Yes, I would say so. And yeah. it's, um, you know, it's kind of a push and pull because you know, our goal obviously would be to help have these be completely self-sufficient and kind of to pull ourselves out of the the, res the time resource. Um, but giving days are at different levels of self-sufficiency. So, you know, every year we're looking at what can we do to help them be more, you know, self-sufficient, but also realizing that these people have, you know, other responsibilities within their, within their nonprofits um, that they need to, you know, need to accomplish. But it's been super exciting especially when you see some of these ones that have grown um you know our help them home raised about 1.9 million dollars this year that is more than we raised in our first year of a community-wide giving day with you know 350 nonprofits. they did it with 19. so that just shows you what the learning curve is of these nonprofits and these collaborative giving days as they they start to build a brand create momentum know that it's coming around the same time every year those types of things yeah, and I think that's a common source of that's a common source of frustration we hear from other Giving Day leaders um, from community foundations that they have a lot of participants, but only a handful of them put forth a lot of energy. So I think breaking it into cause-based smaller Giving Days makes a lot of sense. Um, how long do each of those take to plan, roughly? Yeah, so roughly about four months. We like to have the LOI four months ahead of time. That gives us time especially when it's brand new. Um, but each year we um, meet with the steering committee and Reveille to talk about the branding. Uh, we update it each year to make sure we represent the number of nonprofits that are gonna participate as well as making sure we have image, images that represent the nonprofits because sometimes a nonprofit will drop out and a new one will come in or they grow it. We've had a lot of growth in our giving days. Um, so we typically like to have about four months. Um, that gives us time to get that done, uh, work with GiveGab to get the site built, and then we do a launch with the nonprofits two months ahead of time. We used to do it about a month ahead of time and they asked for it earlier to give them more planning time. Um, so that, that's why we asked, you know, we like to have about four months. We provide everything to make this successful. So there's a work plan, there's um, an eight week planning guide, there's the GiveGab eight-week communication guide, we have the digital toolkit, we have a marketing calendar. I mean, 
really we we try to make it as easy as possible for them so if a nonprofit has buy-in from their executive leadership and their board and they actually make a plan and execute it they're going to be successful <laughs> it's the ones that you know don't that struggle a little bit more yeah i got to be part of your first well one of the first launches while you were on givegab and it sounded i mean i was just remote zooming in but it sounded like a lot of fun and like a lot of participants were there and they were super engaged is that something that is um, mandatory for all of the participating nonprofits in that giving day yeah so the nonprofit launch meeting is mandatory because it's really a hands-on learning that's where we're especially this year when we made a change in our technology so we were teaching them about the give gap platform going over the digital assets and then we go through a whole bunch of just tips you know for email and social media and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we had to switch to virtual. Um, I think we only had two or three in-person launches and then we've switched to virtual and happy to say that they've, they've gone well and, and the nonprofits are, you know, they're a little quieter, but um, you know, like everything else, we all, we all made a pivot. Um, and um, we're, we're able to keep them engaged. It's a long meeting. So when we had to go to virtual, I was like, ah, you know, are they gonna, are they gonna stay on the call for the whole two hours? And they do, so. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And talking about what that transition was like to the GiveGab platform, you touched on this a little bit because you were mentioning how your team used to be responsible for the fees and getting the funds out there to the organizations. Um, how, in what ways has the transition to GiveGab um, helped you? How has GiveGab supported your team as you plan and coordinate these giving days? Yeah, I think one thing is just that the technology is so much better than what we had, you know, especially back in 2015 and 16 during our community-wide giving days. Um, working with um, Kelsey and Amy has been amazing, um, and Karen, but she left us after a couple now. <laughs> um, but you know, they they coordinate the development of the campaign site. Um, we also work with GiveGap for our everyday site, so we have um, that's our our nonprofit central site. So we are in contact with them usually on a weekly basis. Um, so they helped us coordinate the development. They also pre-recorded the training sessions for us for our launches. And then one thing we noticed after the launch, because it was there's such long meetings, is we wanted to do little tutorials. So they also recorded tutorials for us, one on how to set up your profile, one on how to work with matches and challenges, and one on peer-to-peer -peer fundraising. That's something that we're constantly putting out to the nonprofits. And then of course they man it, they do everything from auditing the matches to doing the test donations. Um, and then just helping us through the, the um, giving days. I'll say that the platform is, you know, our nonprofits love it. They, it's way easier than in the past. Um, we had a platform we were using in 2017 and 18 that, um, you know, didn't have real-time results and didn't have a way for the nonprofits to put in their offline donations on the back end. So the nonprofits are really, really happy with the new platform. Um, and I think one thing that's just, happen naturally, I think due to the platform being better and just the experience of the nonprofits is we're seeing the success of matches and challenges and what that means to a, a giving day, you know, knowing that if you have a match or a challenge, you're, you know, likely to 
raise 4.5 times more than somebody without one and the peer-to-peer. -peer. So that's something that we're constantly pushing. I think the peer-to-peer -peer has been a little slower for them to take on. So as we look at next year, we're going to continue to figure out how can we teach them about it, make it so it doesn't feel like it's hard, you know, give them all the tools they need to go out and um, recruit, mentor, train, and then have successful peer-to-peer -peer fundraising. So GiveGab's been a great solution, really easy on the front end, um, get very few issues of donors not being able to put through a, you know, put through a donation. Awesome, that's great to hear. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's something that we do hear sometimes that, uh, you know, maybe those more advanced features of matching and peer-to-peer -peer, maybe in the second year of the giving day once they've kind of adjusted to the platform and adjusted to the concept, that's something that organizations have more success with and that they have more time to dedicate mm -hmm. to learning about for sure. Thanks for sharing your sure. experience. That was awesome to hear. Now I did, I, just like you said, I've noticed that your organizations in each giving day, a lot of them have matches. Um, that is something that you push really well and they take on. I was wondering, do you provide any additional training outside of the tutorials that we've created for matches? Do they, um, do they feel empowered and like they know how to reach out to people and find those matches? Because something we see sometimes is that nonprofits, um, they want matches, they want to do that, but they're not quite sure how to approach uh, businesses or individuals right. for them. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say that we don't have additional training per se, but in our, you know, we're constantly communicating with them. And I guess we have the capability to do this because they're smaller, right? Our tip of, you know, our giving days have ranged from five organizations, our little tiny uh, preserving dignity up to about 20. Um, so we have the capability to kind of stay in touch with them during, during the planning process. So we're talking about it, giving them ideas, you know, how about if each board member gave $100 or $500, what about a corporate sponsor or somebody that's really passionate about what you do? So we give them ideas. The other thing we do as a community foundation is we work with, you know, our donor advised funds. And so part of our outreach um, for each giving day is that we look at donors that have given to each participating nonprofit in the past and each philanthropic advisor who has a portfolio of donors, like I do, reaches out to donors that have given to these organizations in the past to let them know about an opportunity to support them through a giving day, either online or through their donor advice fund. And what we've started doing is listing the organizations that don't have a match. Um, so if their organization that they've supported doesn't have a match, then maybe they would like to provide a match for them. And that I had pretty good success with that in the last few giving days. Um, so, and you know, one thing that's, I guess it hasn't been surprising, but our donors um, have just really reacted well to these collaborative giving days. Um, so in terms of outreach from the community foundation, that's one way we do outreach. We also um, have started, we have a, like a email newsletter that goes out and we've started making sure they go out on giving days. So that way we can talk about the giving day that day. That tends to get some great activity going from our donor advisors. We're really active on social media, reposting you know, what our nonprofits are putting out there, 
we work with Reveille, our, our partner, on a press release. So we have a press release that goes out for every giving day. And then we also provide the nonprofits with a press release they can use for their local media outlets. We, we do all the major ones, like our major paper in Orange County and the Business Journal and things like that. Um, so the donors, have got, they like this, you know, because it's instead of it countywide and being so broad, it's very, you're outreaching that to them specifically about something you know that they're already passionate about. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Now, is this you that is doing all the outreach or do you have like a team? I feel like you have so many giving days throughout the year. Yeah. I'm quite impressed. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, each, so there's about four of us at the Community Foundation that have a portfolio of donors. So each person would outreach to the donors that they have relationships with. Yeah. Um, and then our marketing and communications department does all the support for the press release and social media and all that stuff. Um, and the emails that go out to our donors. So it's split up. Great. And shifting a little bit to the community engagement and the donors, um, how have you seen any change happen or what has surprised you the most about the community's engagement with these giving days? Um, yeah, that, that's a great question. So. I think, you know, when you launch a community-wide giving day like we did in 2015, we thought the whole world was just going to jump on it and get so excited. But most people don't know what a giving day is until you've had a few rounds of it within your community and it starts to build momentum. And so I think people really connect to these specific cause-based days and rally about it because it's something that maybe they're already passionate about that particular cause, whether it's homelessness or older adults or whatever it might be. So um, I've seen each giving day really be able to grow every year because they're starting to build momentum around their cause versus this broader I Heart OC. Um, and, and the fact that if they use peer-to-peer -peer fundraising, the power of that to help grow the momentum of a giving day. So they're engaging folks that are already passionate about what they do. Those folks are going out to their networks and now they have the opportunity to steward new, new donors. So I think the power of peer-to-peer -peer really comes through, especially with these cause-based days. Um, and then I think I already talked about just um, the fact that our donors have reacted really well to it. You know, they, they, they like this. They, you kind of would think, oh, are they going to get overwhelmed because I might be emailing a donor because they gave to an environmental one and they also give to a homeless provider, but we're not seeing, you know, we really try to customize the outreach that we do and, and they're not getting every single one because they're only getting ones where, you know, they're kind of engaged. Mm -hmm. Now for those um, community leaders listening to the podcast um, who might be thinking, this is an interesting idea. Maybe we should try this. Um, do you have any advice that you would give them? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to take a look at where you are in your cycle. So I know some of the giving days out there are just amazing and they've been going on for many, many years. We had two years of it, so it was a little, maybe a little bit of an easier move. But first thing I would do is start with an analysis of, you know, is it core to your mission? Why are you holding the giving days? Really look at your staff resources that are required for a community-wide giving day, such as raising money for funds, for the, a pool, and for prizes. I mean, obviously, the, 
the better that the nonprofits do, if you have the same pool, they get a smaller percentage and, and then they don't like that. And so we, you know, we even in our second year, because we've raised twice as much money, you know, we, we heard from the nonprofits that they weren't, you know, getting as big of a chunk. So if you think about what's required to go out and either find sponsors or find donors that'll help you put together those. So I would take a look at the resources that are needed and not just that, but your time resources. So, um, you know, do an analysis on that. Um, and if you want, after I'll, I'll give you some advice, I can share with you a little bit about our ROI. Um, but what number one is, Figure, you know, take a look at it and do an analysis and see what it, what is it costing you right now to hold your community-wide giving days. We actually took a year off in 2017 and really thought about it. And then we tested it with three homeless providers that wanted to do a giving day still because we took the year off and saw what it what they did just coming together around a cause. Um, the other thing I'd recommend is if you do make the change that you do some sort of a launch and you invite all your nonprofits to participate to tell them about this change because we didn't want to just go at it and not be able to communicate with the 400 and something nonprofits that have participated. And it kind of worked out right where we thought it was. I mean, we had a ton of nonprofits come to our, our launch meeting for the collaborative giving days, but we ended up with eight, I think the first year we did it. So kind of, you know, because it takes, they, they have to put some effort into it to, to have a giving day. Um, so I do recommend having really good communication about why you're making the change and inviting everybody to participate. Um, the other thing is, I would just say that we have a ton of planning materials and we're happy to share them with any interested foundations or if they just want to know about how we went about analyzing um, you know, in the community foundation world, we share a lot and we're absolutely happy to talk to any community foundation or other type of foundation that's interested in looking at this. Um, and then I'll say that, you know, each year we really look for, we like we're meeting with GiveGab in October and we're really looking at, okay, what is the state of our giving days and what could we do next year? to pass a little bit more responsibility onto the giving days to make them more and more self-sufficient. Um, so I recommend thinking about that, you know, if somebody decides to implement this type of a strategy that each year they kind of analyze it and, and see where to go, go from there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you did mention, uh, yeah, your, your return on investment. You want to talk a yeah. little bit about that? Sure, <laughs> sure. So, you know, we, uh, we always like to tell the board how we're doing. So uh, we've done an analysis each year about from a dollar perspective and a time perspective about what our ROI was. So our first year in 2015, um, we had about a two times ROI for what we, our expenses were. And that includes the pool, the prizes, all that kind of stuff to what the nonprofits use. The next year they really, had increased success, which we were so excited about. So the ROI grew, grew to five times. But when we went to the collaborative giving days, so for instance, in 2019, we had 77 nonprofits participate and the ROI was 26 times. Wow, and, oh, that's Yeah, that's so <laughs> because, because our costs are limited, right? We're paying for mm -hmm. the platform fee uh, to develop the platform and we're paying for our marketing materials and we're doing these grants, but it's pretty limited when you compare it to 
you know, oh, we want to have a $500,000 pool. It's quite a bit less. This year, um, this was done in June, so I don't have it up to date, but at that time we had 54 nonprofits participate and the ROI was 55 times. Now, a lot of that is due to help them home that one giving day that raised, you know, almost $2 million. So it's a little jaded. So, so that's one aspect is just the money. But the other thing is the time. And I think any, any people that are listening to this that are with the Community Foundation, they know how taxed we are and how we all have multiple roles and we're all doing a lot of stuff because we're not huge staffs. Um, so what we looked at to look at our office time is we looked at the number of nonprofits that were participating and how much was raised per hour of office time. So in 2015, and, and we went back and asked everybody in the office to talk about how much time they took for the different aspects, whether it was marketing or finance or programs. Um, so there was $684 raised per one hour of office time um, in 2015. And then that grew almost three times in 2015. Um, last year in 2019, it was about $3,700, and this year it was running about $7,800. It probably won't end up being that high in the end again because of this really big giving day. But, you know, this model is heavy on the programs department, not heavy at all on finance. They don't get involved in all anymore. Um, so, the are, you know, from a time perspective and from a dollar perspective and our effort of going out and fundraising those dollars it's it's pretty significant but again we're looking to to uh figure out how to even make them more self-sufficient so that's the goal <laughs> yeah of course those are big numbers though that's awesome yeah, yeah. i think it, it you know if you go back to what our goals were you know, yes, we're meeting the ROI goal, but the other goal about really helping them be better online fundraisers um, and um, helping them, you know, really understand that and making sure we're working with engaged nonprofits, we're meeting those goals. There's still ones that struggle and that you're going to handhold, um, but overall, in general, I think the model is is working for that. Yeah, that's great. That's um. That's definitely what you want um, with the the engagement piece um, for sure. That's um, I think most of our our partners have at one point or another questioned that like how can we improve the the level of engagement that we're seeing you know um, and oftentimes it's more important to have fewer nonprofits participating who are more engaged than have many, many nonprofits and have a lower portion of them who are, you know, going on and completing their profile and putting in the effort to market and promote their participation. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think our ultimate goal would be that these, you know, live on maybe beyond OCCF being involved, you know, in, especially time-wise, like, we have this idea of a giving day in a box, you know, but that's not going to work for most of these right now. But maybe if we get them to the point where they're more, they're really confident and they kind of have their planning tools and each year they can work together. Um, and we would still steward the relationship, you know, with GiveGab or with Reveille, but be able to take that time that we invest our programs team in and figure out how to 
keep the giving days going, um, but remove the community foundation from more of the, the heavy lift. I think that's uh, I think that's a really sustainable way to approach it, uh, trying to get them to be as as um, self-sufficient as possible. So I think that's a really cool goal to have for the future. And, um, you know, we're here to help in any way we can. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. just let us know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, if anybody wants to talk, you know, to anybody at the Community Foundation, either Austin or myself, we're happy to hop on a call um, and talk about it. It's a lot of fun. You know, hopefully people will go out and check out the brands because each one is different and bright you know they all have their own look and feel and that's kind of fun as well mm -hmm. so and now what's the what's the next giving day that's coming up that people can uh, follow yeah along? so our next giving day is september 23rd and it's called igniting potential it's a giving day to support the youth of orange county um and right now um these nonprofits are very taxed because a lot of them work uh, within the education space so figuring out how to support kids this year with virtual school right now here in Orange County. I think schools are going to be maybe in a hybrid mode soon. So, um, you know, talking about that and getting the word out, we've got 12 nonprofits participating. Um, and I will say one other thing that I, that's been very successful with COVID is just that our nonprofits have been extremely transparent about their needs mm -hmm. in light of the pandemic and in light of losing the ability to have, um, in-person galas and golf tournaments and other fundraising events. So that's been successful too. So yeah, check it out. We have two left this year, Igniting Potential on September 23rd and Protect and Preserve uh, to uh, protect the ecosystems in Orange County is on October 7th. Okay, thanks. I'll check them out. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, thank, you. thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time to share all of this uh, exciting strategy and, um, and how you run those, those giving days. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks, you thank too. you. You too. Okay.